1: Feel like Kobe in the fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you Monday morning. It's October 30th and it's early, it's early here in Minneapolis as I'm joined by Wolves beat writer Chris Hine from the Star Tribune who is in Atlanta, uh, the Wolves by the Hawks tonight. Good morning, Chris.
2: Uh, good morning. I have a heavenly glow about me here uh, in the, the <laughs> fair, rest of in Fairfield Inn here in Atlanta. That's uh, what you get when you come to Atlanta, I guess, right?
1: Yes. Um, so second road game uh, of the season coming up. You were in okay. Toronto last week. You're in Atlanta. You're headed to practice here uh, shortly. So obviously we're kind of like working with a like 10-hour window from right now when we're recording <laughs> to, yeah. when the, to when the game starts. Listen, listen to
2: the hot takes now. It'll all yes. change after tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so the, the two things I'm kind of thinking that we can talk about today that are Um, developed in these first two games, I think are kind of going to be relevant themes of the first month. Um, One, like, is this going to be uh, an elite defensive team? That's kind of part of the word uh, in the locker room. We're talking about this team. It seems like the area they are most confident in right now uh, is the defense. And in a real, like, meaningful, you know, they're talking about maybe being one of the best, best teams in the league defensively. And then I think the other theme is Nas, right? Yeah, We have Nas Reed. Uh, Back in the fold here with this team, we've talked so much about, you know, Nas week last season, and which was just three games where you're like, hey, look, the the big thing works, Nas, you know. And there was – I mean, I think we believe that they could get back to some of that, that they could find it. I think it's encouraging to see in the second game of the season uh, against Miami that – The Nas thing really worked, and the Nas thing working isn't just about Nas, right, Chris? It's kind of like Nas working in the foundation of a double-big setup, which means Nas needs to be guarding wings. Carl has to be guarding wings. The ability to stay big without a small team punishing them. Like, Nas has 25 points in in that game, which is, I think, a major credit to him. But more broadly, the double-big thing worked when that meant sometimes that Carl or Nas had to be guarding a Duncan Robinson, a Tyler Hero, a random athletic six foot four Jamal Kane or six foot two Drew Smith. Like those, that is one of the biggest questions I think with this team or one of the things they need to prove is being able to stay big uh, while the opponent goes small. And uh, Nas really took advantage of that uh, on, on Saturday night. Uh, what, what were just kind of your broader takeaways of Nas and, and what that means to, to have that work early?
2: Yeah, offensively, he looked like he picked up right where he left off uh, a season ago. Um, you know, like, like you said, we, we make a lot of that not that week, uh, the, that West Coast week. Um, he looked as sharp as he did during, mm-hmm. that, during that time. Um, very encouraging to see. Um, second of all, I, I thought the most notable thing to me was when we asked Finch about Nas after mm-hmm. the game he almost immediately brought up the defense. Like he said, yeah, yeah. Oh, hold I on, said, hold on. I, mean, I, I got finchery. it. I got, got it. I got it for All you right, right, right here. I got All it for right you here. All
1: right. That's, this is Finch waxing poetic mm-hmm. on, on Nas Reed.
0: And how about Nas Reed, just coming off the bench and providing an amazing spark for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, he obviously does a lot of spectacular things in this game, um, but it's really a testament to what a a, a great summer Um, can do for you. He's got a lot of confidence.
1: Um, He's taking his time when he gets a mismatch, not rushing it. He's chasing shooters around the floor. Um, These are all things that were kind of new that we
3: needed him to do uh, and to continue to do for him to be successful in this role um, with the way that our roster is. And, you know, he's, we saw glimpses of it last year before he got hurt. You know, um, but there were some other things. I I just thought his defense tonight, particularly, you know, chasing and guarding and being up and being impactful was 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 awesome and his rebounding's taking another leap. So uh fun to watch him play for sure.
1: That's what you're getting at, Chris, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, part... <clears throat> he he segued right into the right into the defense. And mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard Finch really talk about Nas. Hmm. In that way before. So I just thought it was it was very notable that that was almost the first thing he brought up when talking about Nas's otherwise awesome offensive game right. the other night that he segued right into how important he was defensively for them. Um big development if if Nas can do that on a regular basis, and if his rebounding has improved as well.
1: Well, it, it's like it's Two years ago, or whatever, when Nas was this, Mm -hmm. you know, budding something, right? There was there was this intrigue to him. Obviously, just watching him play and the athleticism—he's kind of smooth, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but you kind of were like, if this works with Nasreed again, two years ago, and he's like on the bench, all the rotation, whatever, um, that maybe it would just kind of be as like an exclusively offensive six-man right type of big, Right. right off the third big I guess in the rotation and for him to be more than that and particularly I think in the context of this team it it's going to require some of the less sexy stuff right it's not going to be the it's not going to just be those Nas plays going to the basket big dunks looking smooth in that way it's going to be about for Nas to be able to play 20 plus minutes a night 25 even get to 30 sometimes it's only going to happen when that defensive element uh, is there too and I think Finch and a lot of the play. I mean, obviously, we were asking a lot of questions about Nas in the locker room after the game. Mm-hmm. Like that, Conley's answer was like the, the same thing. Where he's like, I was not really impressed by watching him move his feet. And <clears throat> we've talked about that a bunch. That that that's just critical for this team. That that's not an area that that gets I- exposed at all. And and really, Nas looks fast. Like he, it, he it, does. He like, does.
2: Like
3: he, he's thin.
2: And that's and that's. Why, you know, they think this can work, you know, with with the two bigs is because Carl and Nas mm-hmm. do not move like your average six, right. ten and up player. They they are quick yeah. for their height. Mm-hmm. Um and that's important. They're not just, you know, they're not slow. Um and, and I with with Nas I I noticed that over the summer too, like even, even when we had the press conference after he resigned Connolly and Finch were talking about like, we really think there's a lot of potential with Nas on the defensive end of the floor. Like they, they've been talking about this now for a while. Mm -hmm. And so it was obviously a a focus of his over the summer to, to kind of work on that side of the ball, get better there. Um, So I, I, I do think that they see, a lot of untapped potential with Nas and what he can be on the defensive end of the floor um, and helping to make all this work, uh, especially if you have Rudy Gobert on the floor with him at the same time. And he doesn't have to worry so much about protecting the rim when he's mm-hmm. out there. Now, when he's playing with Carl, it's a whole, seems like it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. We don't totally it. have that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, right, there hasn't right. been as
1: many minutes of that. I mean, I need to, right. I need
2: to and look at I, it. I noticed we had more, I think we had more minutes with him and Rudy and then just Nas mm-hmm. by himself at the five, even yeah. for, for some stretches the other night as well. You, well,
1: you asked Finch, that was a good question you asked Finch after the game. You're like, mm-hmm. do you have a preference yet of who you're trying to target these Nas minutes with? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think just like kind of having looked at it, if we take some of the preseason stuff, it, it looks like he's targeting Nas with Rudy more. Yeah. Um. And then even in these first couple of games, but Finch was said we're kind of open. We're 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 still right trying to figure yeah. out what what that looks like. And and I think what he's trying to say is we're trying to not pick right
2: because yeah like, yeah you
1: you want ideally if Nas is the best version of Nas you want to be able to play him twenty five minutes a night kind of a relevant of who the opponent is. So that's going to probably require him being good at times with just Carl. Good at times with just Rudy and then good. If he, the times he's out there as the five, um, by himself, did, did you get that of like, was he trying to get away yeah, from I, I, Carl or, no, or no. he wants it to be, all I, I,
2: it? I get, I get the feeling that he's, he, they are just searching right now at this yeah. point in the season because mm-hmm. you had such, cause early in the season last year, Nas wasn't really in the rotation. Yeah. Um, when they were starting this all out. Then he comes back and it it was a very small window mm-hmm. that Carl was healthy and back and Nas was still playing before yeah. he got hurt. So it's still very the 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 triangle here of of Nas, Rudy and Kat has had very little time, even less time than just you know the Rudy Kat thing. For sure. Um, so so figuring these three out it's only really been a handful of games Mm -hmm. that the three of them have been available in this in this kind of capacity where nas is guaranteed 20 plus minutes because like we said last last october you know nas was barely playing so yeah (laughs) um so there's i think they're still very much trying to figure it all out
1: yeah no uh and and like but not in like a Figuring out like they don't know what they're doing. I think it means figuring right. out like we want to try multiple. We want to try multiple things, yeah, and yeah. and get there. Um, I think part of the, the the Nas conversation. I'm curious your just sort of perspective on this is just how popular <laughs> he is <laughs> and how much the fan base just like seems to love him. I mean, you you've covered closely uh, Notre Dame and Chicago Blackhawks or Notre Dame football, Chicago Blackhawks, other different teams throughout yeah. your career. This one's. I mean, I'm not to put words in your mouth, but it's kind of this is a unique sort of fan connection it's, to a player, it's
2: right? Very different. Um, you know, I, I think the thing that you notice with fan bases is that every fan base kind of falls in love with people towards the end of the bench or or things like that. And that's oh, kind yeah. of, you know, that's what Nas was, you know, the first couple years here. And you know, we've seen it bef- we've seen it before. Where some a lot of times those guys that become fan favorites sometimes don't always pan out, oh, yeah. Um, like, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not
1: sometimes, was, Chris, they usually, it's, it's a, they
2: usually don't, and this is a case where the fan favorite has now blossomed before their eyes, so everybody can say that you know they were in on the Nas Reed stock early and oh. they've just watched it grow and grow over the last couple of years um it's it's fun like i i have to i have to admit it, it's fun i'm like i don't it, it, i don't totally comprehend it all really can i give you my theory um, on it but, but go go ahead yeah.
1: yeah because i i actually you're so chris is not from minnesota you've covered this year seven or whatever on the wolves beat so like six yeah six so you don't know know about like the, the deep dark wolves. Sure. You you were you, were, you I've weren't I've heard there. stories. I've yeah. heard
2: stories. Yeah. <laughs> and and I
1: actually don't mean this in like a negative way. I mm-hmm. think it is a foundation of like Timberwolves sure. fandom sure is so many seasons of it being February, you're 20 games under 500. The mm-hmm. only way to keep yourself engaged with the wolves is kind of to start looking and talking about these development projects or these these lottery ticket guys that you're intrigued by. And I mean, man, over the, like the years, there was like Anthony Randolph, like, oh, the Wingspan, he's gonna be so special. Like mm-hmm. there was like Mikhail Jellabale. There's all these guys who like came in and, and everyone is just like locked in on believing in them, and none of yeah. them worked, man. That's the thing. It's like yeah. it's never been one of those guys in deep bench wolves. History that's actually like ascended from end of the roster to like starting legitimate starting caliber player. I mean, he's like freaking Harry mm-hmm. Potter, man. He's the <laughs> he's
2: the boy who lived.
1: Everybody else, nobody. I never else. read Harry
2: Potter. I don't know what you're uh, talking I, about.
1: You're, you might you're alone.
2: <laughs> in that. I am.
1: But he made it through like
2: the dark magic
1: yeah. of like the things that things have not been able to rise in minnesota and i think in the fan base it's like so many people have attached themselves to someone like nas before and ended up being wrong you know like it didn't (laughs) work out and uh and and nas i think that's why he's like an emblem of timberwolves fandom right now even more than a fan favorite because you kind of need to like know the password to be in the in this secret society of like 20, like, years, the that, 20 years the last 20 years the
2: password is you just look at somebody and say Nazri. that's, that's, the, that's the, password. the password
1: that's that's the password, that's the password. so there's just okay. um yeah I, I I think that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. this it's this connection to um a belief that people have had 10, 15, 20, 25 times with different players that uh, that never came to fruition, and this one kind of seems to be coming to fruition.
2: And, it's, and that's it's very that's the cool. Connection. Like it's it's very cool to see the the kind mm-hmm. of mutual love fest, and you see just how much Nas appreciates it all. And he brought up the sign outside of Parkway. Mm-hmm. You know, the honk if you honk if you love Nasri. Like it's it's just it's a very it's one of the most unique things I've ever covered. Like just the the way fans express their their adoration of of Nas and and he clearly is not weirded out by it. So and really appreciates it. And you know listen, I think in all honesty probably played a big part in him sticking around. It's like you could go, you could go to a place where, you know, they might pay you a little more money or whatever, give you a starting role, but you know, after two, three weeks, that fan base could, you know, sour on you if you have a couple bad couple bad games and all of a sudden your relationship with the fan base Mm -hmm. becomes a whole different thing because they don't know right um, they don't know that they're supposed to love Nas reed and (laughs) unconditionally (laughs) (laughs) so um i i I really do i think i think that that you know probably weighed on his mind as as the summer was unfolding
1: here's Nas after the game uh kind of talking about
3: this Mm -hmm. mutual love fest moving forward how those not chance feel i mean it's amazing like especially at this level it's like something that you dream of you you, you can you never can really imagine this something that special yeah. i appreciate every single person that was able to do that for me
2: did you notice like your pregame intro was pretty loud too yeah i pretty mean yeah
3: definitely um that that's just man that's yeah. that's just love man it's like I'm speechless like it's it's crazy because it's like Again, like I said, that's something that you dream of as a kid or something like that, you know? So, I mean, it's definitely special to me. Now, when
2: you, you were kind of going through the process of where you're going to be next, coming back here, trying to repeat, how much did the push
3: you have with the fan base and the love pitch of the play and, get, and making you want to come back? I wasn't going anywhere. I mean, I, <laughs> I, love, I love it <laughs> here, man. It's just it's special. Um, it's, it's definitely a place where I want to be and develop. I've developed from year one to, to now. Each and every year I've gotten better. So uh, it was definitely no reason for me to leave, you know. Um, so definitely, definitely was something that the fans helped me with as well. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of things um, that I don't really get a chance to acknowledge, especially I was talking about one. Uh, it was like this this sign that said, honk if you love Nas Reed. I didn't really get a chance to uh, acknowledge that. But um, like just stuff like that doesn't go unnoticed, you know, and I appreciate all the uh, love. The mutual love fest, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I, I should
2: be noted too. Nas, Nas's locker in the locker room this year is is an an, an interesting place. He moved yep. one over, but that that one slide over is kind of a a, a not a hollowed place in the locker room or a hollowed locker stall that he has. But it's a vet. The people that had that locker before him, it's the, the vets' corner. It's where Torian Prince was last year in the last couple of years, and it was where Jeff Teague was before that. So it's kind of like the respected the respected vet corner mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, so I, I think that's that's notable um I haven't really asked him about that uh, on the record, um, but like you know it's 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 just an interesting little little wrinkle, I think in the Nasri place in the franchise that he's kind of got that little locker stall on the corner there.
1: He, I mean, and, and that is a thing, I think, mm-hmm. from both of our perspectives, is he is uh, a connective tissue in, in a yeah. way of, uh, I think, since I've been covering the NBA, like, there are uh, different age-based dynamics, clicks or, or whatever. And, and Nas, I think, in his whole time here has been, obviously, as yes, one of the young guys, but has also kind of transcended that. And, and Ben in the older guy click too or whatever. And, and so I think, um, I do think Nas is a leader on this team. And we've talk, talked about this before. You and I have, there's different types of leadership, I think, required on this team. Ant needs to take some leadership in, in his ways, but because he's a star player, but he's, you know, he's 22 years old. Finch has talked about Cat leading by getting back to being that dominant version of himself and that being the best way he can lead. Mike leading in the more traditional 36 year old ways, Rudy leading in, you know, his behavior and all those things. But Nas, I think, is another part of that and is an example that I think leadership is spread out um, in in this group. And and I find that notable and and interesting. Like, this is an interesting sort of uh, personality mix in the group. And I
2: think he just comes across as like a very genuine dude. Like, yeah just in our, in our dealings with him. And I think with, with his teammates, it's just, he's a, he, what you see is what you get. Like this is who he is. And he plays hard. He plays intense, takes losing very hard. Um, And I think, you know, teammates young and old respect that about him.
1: Uh, Let's grab our first break here. Um, We did the ticket giveaway uh, for the November 1st game uh, against Denver. Charlie W won the tickets. Uh, for for that game, uh, we have more tickets to to give away. Uh, brought to you by the Genesis Company for the game on November sixth against Boston. Um, if you are interested in entering the drawing for those, you just send us a message at Patreon.com/slash Dane Moore NBA. We just want to know uh, that it's a game that you're available for. So again, uh, lower level tickets, kind of the the center of mid court. Um, in the middle of the the section, I think, 110 uh, row S. So let us know if you are available for the Boston game on November 6th. That's the, that's Monday. I guess that's a week from today. Again, patreon.com slash MBA. Uh, let us know that you are available for that if you're available. Um, all right, Chris, let's uh, move a little bit away from, from Nas Reed
2: and, and talk about Everybody's just clicking off the podcast right now. Now that, now that the Nazareet segments are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. We're not going to talk about defense. We're going to talk about defense now. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, that I think, particularly in the first half of the year, Chris, like uh-huh. if this team is, you know, 15 and nine, 24 games into this season, it's going to be because the defense is elite. Um, that because the offense hasn't been like, right. and, and, and and when I watch this team offensively, like I know what they want to do offensively. Cause we were at training camp. We've heard Finch and the players talk about it, you okay. know, for, for the last month, but it doesn't like, if I'm just, if I just turned on a wolves game, I wouldn't really know what they're trying to get to offensively. They're, they're still pretty clearly searching for an offensive identity and rhythm and how they're going to be, sharing things but between everyone just finding functional offense i think that's going to take some time so it really feels like the defense uh has to be the sort of bread and butter and the, the thing that keeps them i guess more than afloat uh in in this first period of the season and you know i guess two games in the season they they are first in the league in in defensive rating they held toronto and miami to really poor offensive games uh in those it I just think I, – I remember in training camp that being Finch bringing up defense over and over and some of the players and of that kind of being the identity of this team, and I think we're seeing that uh, in, in the first two games that, that that's kind of the main thing right now.
2: Yeah, it, it's kind of gone as expected, I think, in a lot of ways. We we thought – and this is without Shaden McDaniels playing in the first two games as yes, well, good call. Um, which I think is very significant. They They look – fine on that end of the floor. They really do. Yeah. Um, Rudy looks good. Um, looks really, tr- than, really good, man. Rudy, but, yeah, he does. better, Much better than this time last year. Um, yeah, and, and part of that is it's year two. They have a little more familiarity with what they want to do, how they want to play. You know, Rudy, it, it's always been kind of a collaborative effort between like Rudy and the coaching staff as to like what they want to do defensively. Like mm-hmm. he shares his thoughts. There's a lot of give and take there. Um, but they're they seem to be on the on the same page, um, you know. Finch has talked about you know we you need multiple ways of defending screens in this league anymore. You can't just be so yeah. one dimensional when you know you, when when you're defending along the perimeter. You have to have multiple ways you can do it. We've heard them talk about that a lot uh, since last year. Mm-hmm. Being a team that can play multiple coverages, they seem to be doing it. Um, and I think what's What's most notable, and this is, you know, small sample size era of of the NBA right now, but the statistic to me that's most noticeable and very important for the success of this defense, whether they're going to truly be elite or just very good or good, is rebounding. And we've heard them talk a lot about it over the years, getting better on, on, on rebounding. It hasn't always panned out. However, two games, small sample size, all those conditions, they were second in defensive rebounding percentage where they were bottom five in the league the last, last couple two of years, years. yeah mm-hmm. so keep an eye on that statistic because if that can maintain in the top 10 potentially that's a huge win for for this team uh and just ending more possessions after one shot and you just you, you just see it on the eye test too how many times were they giving up uh, multiple shots the other night against miami it did not seem Mm-hmm. Like they gave up a lot of second chance opportunities. Um, so I think that's very noticeable, very important uh for the success of this team.
1: I, I think that's why they're confident right now. Um the rebounding hasn't been a problem. And as much as we ripped on the transition defense uh after the first game, it wasn't that wasn't really a problem uh against Miami either. So going in the locker room after that Miami game, uh this team and these guys were really confident and, and willing uh, to kind of embrace the idea that this can be uh, an elite defensive team. Here's uh, here's Rudy Gobert uh, when asked if this could be one of the best defensive teams in the league.
0: Any reason this shouldn't be one of, if not, the best defensive team in the
3: NBA? Well, there's no reason. You know, I think we, I mean, we have the, we have size, we have guys that can move their feet and we have guys that are about, you know, compared to us, I think those three things, you know, you put them together, and uh, why wouldn't why wouldn't want us to be the best defensive team in the league with all those weapons? You know, I think we have got to strive for that, and then, then you add to that the offensive weapons that we have, and the the, the mix between uh, young guys, experienced guys, and uh, guys in the oh. primes. You know, I think it's a really unique team that we have, and we're gonna keep working every day to maximize that.
1: Chris i uh listening to that i'm reminded of end of last week when we when we talked to to Rudy uh after practice uh, you, you were there
2: um
1: in and we were we were talking to him about that Toronto game which they did get you know roasted in transition defense and it wasn't a great game in in a lot of ways from him and Carl in in tandem there but i was really struck by Rudy I think that was on Friday when we talked to him about practice about how like unconcerned he seemed about it mm-hmm. and and the real kicker line from that was he he said about the Toronto game he goes I, I think a year ago we play that way and we lose by 20 yeah and yeah. and they lost by three or whatever it was mm-hmm. um I I just anecdotally from from my perspective I'm seeing Rudy to me seems significantly more like at comfortable at peace and, and comfortable right now uh, with this group and, or just with himself, you know, physically, that's what he's mentioned, feeling great, all that. But I, I just get, uh, I, don't know, I I wouldn't say Rudy was ever a, not a confident person, particularly about defense, but it's like the the confidence is there. And, and he seems a lot more at peace to me right now.
2: I think well, with Rudy, he's, very candid, you know, he, he will be candid in his assessment of the team. So I, I do I'm with you on like what he said Friday about the defense at coming off of a loss when they gave up 30 plus transition points was very notable to me Um that he just I think he feels like a very innate confidence with this with this group, with some of the defenders that they have in front of him. You know, like Jaden, Mike, Kyle, Nikhil, Mm -hmm. uh, Ant when he's on the ball. Um, I think like we have to always qualify that with Ants like Ant when he's on the ball situation on the the defensive end of the floor. Um, He's he's I think he's very confident in this defense, and and like you said, the comfort bill the comfort level from a year ago. Much higher. I think he. I think last year, Rudy's big thing. You always hear him talk about this. Is like we need to have the right habits. We need to have the right mindset. We need to do you know kind of those uh, intangible, more mental uh, side of of defense. And I feel like he feels like that is locked in. Mm -hmm. That that this team has that. Where last year um, they didn't quite have that. And now maybe that's a difference in personnel. You you know you you replace uh, Dilo with Mike Conley. You bring in Nick, uh, Nikhil, um, who mm-hmm. has that as well. So you have more guys, I think. And Jaden has had it obviously on the defensive end of the floor. You have more guys who are sound defenders, mentally locked in on that end of the floor. Um, give a crap factor yeah. is very high on on that end of the floor. Um, which wasn't always the case the last couple of years. So I think you, you combine all that together. Rudy has to be feeling good about like just where this defense can be and the fact that he himself is feeling better.. Right. Um, so uh, the the arrow on the defense is pointing straight up. Um, it feels like um, for this team, I, I i've been I've been very impressed. And again, this is all without Jaden McDaniels right. in his first two games. And, and the transition defense, I feel like, Coming off of the Toronto game, I thought that if once the offense gets a little better mm-hmm. and if they start hitting more shots, which they did on Saturday night, right. the transition de- some of that some of the transition defense issues were going to take care of itself, and, and it kind of mm-hmm. did as the yeah. offense got a little better.
1: Yeah, and and some of that is how much is an opponent going to really go after it? I, I Toronto really went after yeah them in transition a little bit more than Miami, but I'm I'm not saying that you're wrong. I think they making more shots and playing under more control is that obviously doesn't matter if you're a good or bad transition personnel team, that's going to help. Yeah. Um, and, and it, I think it certainly helped him. I, I think an, an interesting part of that answer from him, uh, from Rudy was, he said, it's a, it's a really unique and good mix of players at different levels in their career. And, and when you're listing through some of the guys that I think he's excited about defensively, I think he's excited about this team feeling a little less young. Like that's what I take from that. You know what I'm saying? Like where, yeah, we got young guys now, but it's like Ant in year four. It's, it's Jaden in year four, Nikhil in year five, Nas in year five. Like not that young, you know, there's still maybe players um, who have more ceiling to their, to their game, but, but you don't feel the floor as much because they're, not rookies anymore or second second year players in that sort of way and uh i take from rudy saying those things that that like when you're talking about more of the mental things how much how much how often can a 20 year old player you know check a bunch of the mental boxes and the discipline boxes the things that are so important that rudy knows is so important to being an elite defensive team i think he was kind of frustrated last season with like the team wasn't mature enough to be great. Correct. And uh yeah, th- I think that goes, to the, I think he just believes in the personnel around him more. And I've always been a big believer in the theory that when Rudy trusts in the four players around him more, he's going to block more shots. He's going to go for more shots, right? He's mm-hmm. going to um have a greater willingness to like kind of assert his, his dominance when he has to kind of, you know split the baby like i think he did defensively for most of last season it was it all it could like peek out at good i don't think it ever really got to like great great and i i just i guess there's
2: a long and way that's what you they were go,
1: yeah, yeah more yeah. ceiling to, to this team defensively
2: i i, I agree 100 percent. um and, and to me it's it's those it's the things on the margins it's it's mm-hmm. the, the mental side of it it's it's everything kind of kind of coming together i think with this group this season to mm-hmm. be to be that kind of elite caliber I, I feel i do feel like in some ways like top 10 last year in defensive rating number 10 i, I don't know if that was the floor for this team in terms of defense but, um given all the like it. It, it kind of felt like it was yeah. right like we saw what the floor was. Yeah on that, on that end, given all their transition issues, given the rebounding issues, Mm -hmm. given the fact that Rudy wasn't himself and they were still able to kind of string it together uh, well enough. Most of the year, thanks in part to, you know, guys like Jaden and and like Kyle Anderson as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, it's, I'll be very interested to see what it looks like when Jaden's back, (laughs) you know, I think it's, it's just, I, I really do think that that, that needs to be their calling card. Like mm-hmm. you said, as they figured out offensively, the one thing you can always hang your hat on is, you know, defensive efforts should should always be there on a nightly basis. And, you know, even if you're throwing up bricks, like they were Wednesday night in Toronto, mm-hmm. they were still in that game till the till the very end. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the most encouraging thing to come out of these first two games, aside from the Nas Reed uh, performance. <laughs> Uh, the most encouraging thing is just how good this defense has looked, especially in the half court. Um, and it's kind of what we thought—like we we thought this team was going to have a really stingy half sure. court defense, and and that's played out so far in the first two games.
1: I think it's gonna. My belief in this team defensively in the half court has, even in just two games, has gone up. Like I think they're gonna for sure be a top ten half court defense maybe yeah. maybe top five They're really I, I like you the, the idea of uh bringing up the floor of being 10th which, which they were last right. season like i i think that the only way it would be worse than that is is if the transition defense was terrible all right. season because it was only terrible last season when cat and rudy played so now you have that back together well, for, or, for the full yeah. time could yeah. that drain it but yeah, we know they're more intentional about that this season, and I think there's, uh, you know, there there's reason to believe that's going to be better. Which I do think makes it fair to say that top ten should be the expectation, kind of at a at a minimum for for this team.
2: Uh, but definitely. you know, but, and, and uh, I think you know, I one thing that went under the radar uh the other night was Nikhil's defense of Tyler Hero. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that that deserves a little bit of a shout out. Um, it, Nikhil's gotten off to a tough start offensively. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that hasn't quite been there through these first teams games, but I thought especially in the second half of Monday, his effort on the defensive end was very important to mm-hmm. to the wolves kind of getting control of that game, and he was very noticeable on that end of the floor despite all of the rough things that ha- that have been happening for him on the offensive end of the floor He hasn't let that affect his defense and he's not that type of player that's going to let that's going to do that he's mm-hmm. i think he he cares too much about defense and and hustling and, and getting on the floor after loose balls um so I just wanted to kind of make a note mm-hmm. of that that I thought his his impact was significant in that game the other night today's
1: show is brought to you by the game time app and game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you i went to a concert last week and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets it was stressful because the last time i went to a concert it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third party website onto my phone but with the game time app i felt confident even last minute that i purchased my tickets at a fair rate And that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert. I paid for no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy. So you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set and tickets are sent directly to your phone. So no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets. Without stress, with the GameTime app, download the GameTime app, create an account and use code DANEMORE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code DANEMORE, all one word, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: let's uh let's move to talking about uh, a couple of yeah like Nikhil, a couple other random pieces from this we focus on Nas, we focus on the defense uh more broadly which I think are sort of bigger themes specific to that to that Miami game it, it was um it was the inclusion of other kind of random parts coming together that uh made the wolves be able to pull away in in the fourth quarter they're probably with I don't know a group we you wouldn't have really expected to be the group that led them to victory. Right. They, um, they had a six minute stretch in the fourth quarter before kind of Miami waved the white flag. Once they fell down by like 23 or whatever it was um, when the wolves had Rudy Gobert, Nas Reed, Anthony Edwards, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and Mike Conley on the floor. And, uh, and that group kind of ran away with the game. And I think that's noteworthy for a lot of reasons. That's not, I don't know if we were ranking like, oh, let's guess what the 10 best five man groupings oh, of the this. Right. I don't know.
2: If I you, you come up with those members. five. Yeah. yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> and, and I think to your point, like it was kind of Nikhil who who was a, 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 a is Nikhil in that he was kind of a surprise addition because I would say in the first seven quarters of the season, that being the eighth, Nikhil struggled he he was looking unconfident uh or lacking confidence on on offense the shots just weren't going in right to i guess to inspire confidence there and we've kind of seen the best version of him be when he's making some of those open threes then he's defending better on the other side of the floor i think it's encouraging to note that he found a way to kind of be inspired defensively like you said guarding tyler hero Mm -hmm. um in that fourth quarter even without the offense that kind of established things and and then offensively like Nas was rolling. They were finding Rudy a lot in that, and Ant was kind of Ant and Conley were out there too, kind of allowing those things uh, to to play out. I, I think it was really encouraging that a rather random five man group was able to assess who the five of them were out there, and everyone kind of take on a role that fit the moment, and yeah. uh, and they ran away with the game again. I think it was a twenty one to four run right there uh that did it and and i think ant and uh conley in particular kind of uh em- empowered that particularly ant didn't do too much right and right. and and really yeah, and, and,
2: yeah he did not try big. to take over the game you know mm-hmm. he did not try to go for the for the kill shot right as he as he tends to do they just let the game play out and mm-hmm. and finch also i think you know Yep. You, you, you could go back to Carl at any moment, essentially, right? Right. But he decided to just let that group roll. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like maybe last year, because you're trying to make all this work, maybe he goes, maybe he pulls Nas at some point. I was and, expecting you know, it. I was expecting it too. I was looking up, it, I was yeah. looking up at the clock. I'm like, we're at like six minutes, Carl's still there, five minutes, Carl's not cu- coming. Like, I think Carl, let it, let Carl right checked
1: out, out with 10 minutes left in the game or like yeah, nine and a half. He didn't come and, back in. and he didn't come back into the game yeah. uh, the the rest of the time, not necessarily because he was playing terrible or something, but because right. Finch didn't that want
2: to hold away with the game. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And and again, I think a big part of that was Ant not stepping on Nas's toes or realizing that he was going and, and Rudy was kind of going um, offensively there too. There was uh, that, that one play in the fourth quarter, right at the end of that run, where Rudy kind of finished with that Euro step finish that people watching the game probably uh, know what, the play I'm referencing here, but it was it was a play where Ant looked very point guardy and uh, kind of set it all up. They called a timeout, and I noticed Mike Conley sprint over to to Ant after that play and uh, and give him a big bear hug. I I asked Mike Conley about what he saw from Ant uh, on that play after the game. Just uh, on that play where Rudy had the Euro and they called the timeout, you ran right over to Ant mm-hmm. to, you were happy with something
3: he did there. Yeah. What was that? I called him a point guard. I was like, what are you doing? you're taking my job, you know, so, because um, he just. I just want to pause and say, you know,
1: elite dad joke right there. By my <laughs> by god. all right, I'll, I'll keep it playing.
3: Kind of manipulated the play from the beginning and um stuff we've been talking about a lot over the summer preseason last game you know pre-game and he finally kind of just you know took it to you know, took it himself and said hey i got it i'm gonna run this play and uh you know in, ended up with rudy getting a, a euro step you know finished so i was really happy for him and just wanted to show him that that didn't go unnoticed, especially by me
1: so chris like uh, on and off topic i think over the the past few years is like point ant right and right. at what point in his career do you uh go to that as you know do you ever make him the luca type role thing and, and finch is i think understandably uh, been resistant to that because ant is still developing some of those point guard and reading the floor type of skills and i think from a roster construction standpoint whether it be patrick beverly ricky rubio mike conley d'angelo russell like they found it important to have a point guard next to him, or at least like a caddy uh, alongside of him. And I, I, I'm a believer in the idea that like the perfect balance for where Ant is now in his career at 22 is putting him in a position where sometimes he can be that point ant, and sometimes he doesn't have to be. And I think Mike Conley sort of, allows that to happen with his presence he's Mike does a really good job of um you know stepping in to assert himself when needed and stepping back I actually think he didn't do a great job of that in the Toronto game uh Mm -hmm. Mike Conley like I felt like I I wanted more from Mike in there of just all right calm down guys I'm going to sort of set the table here but broadly he's done a good job of that I think he's very in tune and intentional about letting Ant go and do that uh when needed and that, that's a tough job, I think, for Mike to to plug himself in and out of. Uh, but one I think he he has the the skill set to to do and, and clearly the relationship that's developing and grown um with ant between he and Mike and Ant, I think that's just going to go a long way in developing whatever this is uh as ant being a primary initiator with the
2: group. I, I think that's that's a really good point. Some I hadn't really thought of like just when does Mike Conley insert himself more into yeah. what's happening offensively and when does he pull back. Um and I, I think it's obviously we talk a lot about his like you know his veteran presence, leadership, all that stuff, but mm-hmm. that seems to be a, a, an underrated thing, just kind of the feel he has for for, for what the moment requires.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um like you said maybe Toronto um wasn't wasn't a, a good example of that, but the other night was and, and I feel like sometimes on offense like you could see it especially i think in the second half of that game the other night against miami where offense maybe wasn't quite working um things weren't clicking first 14 seconds 15 16 seconds of the shot clock nothing's really happening offensively Mm -hmm. and then mike just takes gets the ball calls for a screen from rudy and it's just like all right let's just let's get back to this with seven seconds yep. on the shot clock and yep. get and get something out of this possession. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they got a couple buckets that way or, mm-hmm. or were able to get a couple buckets uh, when other stuff wasn't quite working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wonder if he's going to do that more in late-game situations. Um, it wasn't really needed the other night because they were playing so well down the stretch. But you know, when, when Ant tries to sometimes tries too hard to make things happen down the stretch of the game. I wonder if Mike's going to go get the ball from him or say, Hey, Ant, let's, let's, let's try this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out, especially down the stretch of like close games. hundred percent.
1: No, yeah. that's it's, it's critical. I, I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a critical thing. Yeah. And we haven't really seen, that was such a thing last season too, right. Of mm-hmm. This team really stalled out in the final two minutes uh, of games. I think, Conley in particular needs to be intentional about what the right role is for him in those times and winning time, um, whether that be, a and it can be kind of two sides of the spectrum, right. It can be the very assertive or the r- very deferential. And I mean, who better to, to, to make that decision than the 36 year old uh, vet. I think it's, it's fair to have confidence in that. Uh, last thing uh, quickly, Chris here, cause I know you have to go get to to Wolf shoot around. Um, I was just, I just wrote down in my notes, I was like, what would be uh, one thing I'd be really encouraged to see in this Atlanta game tonight that hasn't happened um, yet in the first two games? And I, and I got to shake, uh, yeah. shake Milton, which was, uh, I guess is a way of saying he's underwhelmed for sure. uh in, in the first two games, hasn't looked super point guardy um, yet. Been in a very point guard uh, role. There was, you know, juxtaposed against J-Mac kind of coming in for that stint there where you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of what they needed was point guard uh, in this time. Shake's still trying to find them uh, or, or hasn't found it. I, I think through the first two games, but I think about him as being particularly important in this Atlanta matchup, uh, particularly if Jaden isn't able to go, I know he's listed as questionable. And so this might only be like half relevant, but against a team uh, that has a Trey young, Bogdanovich, DeJounte Murray, a lot of sort of wing creators who can get hot and get going. Um, again, particularly if Jaden isn't out, I think Shake takes on a really important role of um, not just being a point guard or doing things offensively, but being a, a defensive weapon that can can slow things down. Like if I could just fast forward and know that Shake was very impactful in this game on both sides of the ball, I would I – would think that that really moved the needle in in how likely it is that the the wolves beat the the hawks tonight
2: yeah and i think if Jaden's back it'll be interesting to see just kind of how things shake out yeah, rotation wise as well but i don't think i don't think it's going to affect shake i going to mm-hmm. affect the wing rotations you might see troy brown jr yeah that, that might cut into his minutes potentially mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, Shake uh, is still trying to find find a rhythm out there, I think on both ends of the floor. For sure. Um so you know, we'll see how that plays out. J-, J Mac, I think it's encouraging just from that perspective. The the little stint that mm-hmm. he did have looked like vintage J Mac. Sure. It's like four four assists in four minutes or something like that. Right. Um, you know, it felt like the J Mac days of old. With with Shake, I, I wonder. Because they're trying to have him be more aggressive, have him look for his shot a little more than he did in, in Philadelphia. You know, I wonder if there's a little bit of pressing there. like mm-hmm. like okay, like being very intentional, maybe forcing the issue a little bit right. because they want him to be they want him to shoot more and have a little more usage., yeah. um, and maybe it's just not coming naturally right now. And we and you know that's that's a problem for, for the offense in, in general is when guys try to force things right and not just let it come naturally. So maybe it's like a little bit of like you know, they want him to be more aggressive, but at the same time, he also has to kind of just let the game unfold and with the, right. let the but' not I feel like he might be pressing a little bit.
1: Yeah, and, um, and, and it's a new role. So yeah. It's it's a new role for him. Like what I always bring up is my my understanding at least, is like the yeah. best shake Milton games in Philadelphia were when like Harden was out and he got the chance to take on a really big sort of role, maybe started the game and was asked to, you know, score 15, 20 points. Yeah. Um, that's not the role. And, and probably, you know, barring like an ant injury or foul trouble might never really be what the role is, you know? So shake again, was one of those weird bench players where he was like kind of almost out of the rotation or in the starting lineup. Uh, so now it kind of may, if we say he's the eighth man on this team, right, that those are th- yeah. it's just kind of in the middle there and and a new team, all those things like I don't think we should lose faith in some of the things that were exciting about him uh, as an you know, as a new acquisition. But a lot of the, at the same time would be wrong to not point out that a lot of the things that Finch and others talked about being excited with shake, you know, mm-hmm. Finch like brought up. Um, being really good with Rudy he thought shake like uh, we haven't seen that yet like we yeah. we haven't seen really any of the things that we've been told to be excited about with with shake milton yet again two games maybe like 34 minutes of playing time or something like that uh i i, I do just while we think of shake milton as this offensive player i i think it starts with defense for him and being six mm-hmm. foot five with a seven1 wingspan and and being someone who can harass and make it difficult for if you're five foot eleven, Trey Young, you know, like that that's I think that's where where it starts with him on this team, just because it's 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 this weird just dichotomy of the wolves in general, where yeah, they're a better defensive team than an offensive team, but so much of the offense is already spoken for, you know, where yes, like yeah. you just you kind of got to start with defense and uh, and Oops. and and build from there. So I'm excited to see what this team looks like against a different uh, Atlanta. I think it's a pretty different type of opponent than uh, Toronto or mm-hmm. or Miami, where it's going to be a ton mm-hmm. of pick and roll. It's going to be some test of those different coverages. Uh, also worth noting that they're also playing uh, on a back-to-back Correct. Yeah. Uh, tonight. So an opportunity of a rested Wolves team. Uh, to to take advantage there uh chris i know you got to go to practice so um yep. uh, I'll, I'll let you bounce here but i appreciate you uh appreciate you taking the time particularly uh, on the road uh to do this obviously um chris is going to be the only person uh on site covering this game tonight so whether that be on twitter um, or reading his uh piece after the game uh follow chris for uh for quotes out of uh out of atlanta tonight chris thanks for doing it
2: No problem, Dane. Thank you.
1: All right. uh, I will be back um, on Wednesday morning uh, with Jace Frederick. We'll talk about this game and kind of preview the the Denver matchup. Uh, Until then, uh, he's Christopher Hine. You can follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hine. I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Until then.